You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode 110. It is a new Monday, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, JC Lee Pulford. And if this is your first time tuning in, then thank you so very much for being here. This is the place where we have real conversations about life, business, and faith, covering topics that most believers have a really hard time talking about. But We call them out right here, and today is no different. This is a new month, November 1st, with Halloween being just yesterday. And so it's not a surprise to me that this discussion about spiritual warfare with Sister Jess Marquez came at the perfect time. I did not realize when I scheduled this episode to be released today that it would be the day after Halloween. God's timing is always so good. Sister Jess speaks into the very real topic of spiritual warfare, encouraging us to be connected to God more than ever before and helping us get ready to engage in the fight that is happening for our souls. If we are heaven bound, the theme of this podcast season, it is not going to be an easy journey. There is a war for our souls and God has given us the authority with his power alone to win the battle. I almost split this episode into two different ones. So it would have been a two-parter because it's just so jam-packed with truth. And I love their conversation so much. I wanted to just kind of spread it out for us. But here it is. Enjoy this superpower of an episode in its entirety right now. Make sure to share a screenshot of your podcast player on Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Live so that I know that you have been listening to the podcast. The way that the analytics go, I can't see any individuals and what they're watching. All the numbers are kind of lumped into one. So when you share on your Instagram stories that you're listening to this podcast, it helps me see that it's reaching you. I can see the big numbers, but I love seeing the individual people who are tuning in. So please do that. That would be a great favor to me. Be sure to also leave a five-star review, share your takeaways from this incredible discussion or how this podcast has helped you as a whole. Let me know your favorite parts in your review and that would just honestly make my day. All right, guys, let's get started. Here is the 110th episode of the Hello Awesome podcast that I am calling Spiritual Warfare with Jess Marquez. Hey guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome podcast where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. Before we get started, let me share some amazing deals from a few friends of mine. California-based, female-owned, modest boutique Skirt Society has hand-picked pieces perfect for all sizes. For a limited time, use code HELLO10 for 10% off your next order at theskirtsociety.com. From hoodie sets to jumpers, up your fall fashion game this season. If you're trying to tame your mane like I am during the colder months this season, it is time to invest in Uncut. 
Uncut offers a variety of hair care cleansing and strengthening products that will help restore and renew your long locks. Use code AWESOME10 for 10% off when you order from UncutHairCare.com today. Are you looking for modest clothing that's both high quality and affordable? Pencil skirts, layer tops, lace extenders, and more can be found at Nuggles. You can also find the cutest modest options for grade school age girls. Use code HelloAwesome10 for 10% off your purchase at www.nuggles.us. That's N-U-G-G-L-E-S.us and stock up for all your layering needs. So So Modest is run by a one-woman powerhouse of a seamstress, bringing new life to fun fabrics as incredible modest activewear. Think super cute stretchy skirts with matching leggings, custom made with your measurements. She even makes gorgeous swim dresses that honestly can be worn all year long. Use code HelloAwesome for 15% off your order now when you shop at SoSoModest.com. That's S-O-S-E-W Modest.com. If you're like me, then your Bible might be in need of a good protective cover. Enter in leather and cord. Using beautiful leather to create Bible covers, notebooks, headbands, and more, leather and cord offers uniquely handcrafted items that honor the Word of God. Use my code AWESOME10 for 10% off when you order from their shop at www.etsy.com shop slash leather and cord today. Is your skin starting to scream from the dryness already? The weather change is tough on us this time of year, but with Oneness Essentials, you will have all the handmade soaps, lotions, and scrubs that you need to let your skin shine and thrive every single day. At checkout, use code HelloAwesome for 15% off when you order from their website, onenesssoapbiz.com, and you will never have to worry about dry skin ever again. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hello Awesome podcast. This is JC here, and I am so excited to bring to you a new guest, Sister Jessica, Sister Jess. I'm so excited that you are here with me to speak. I have just high hopes, obviously, for this topic because I know it's something that we've talked about outside of the podcast, but can you please just take a minute to share with listeners who you are, if they don't know who you are already, and what you do. Sure. Hi, my name is Jessica Marquez, and uh, I'm an ordained minister. I am also founder director of Women Ministering to Women International. We will be celebrating our 10-year anniversary conference in just a month. We have traveled with the conference throughout the world. I have personally ministered in 22 different countries, in English and in Spanish, and of course, throughout the United States. Um, I think the thing that I'm most happy as being is wife and mom to my three kids. And I have a couple of kids I've adopted that I say that they're my own. I love to be at home with my family, be with my husband. My kids are now young adults. I call them kids. So uh, they're not really kids anymore, but I love to hang out with my family. Yeah, I love that. And I, I am grateful for you and your ministry. And you're just such a great example to us young ladies who are in the faith. And I'm really grateful for your time today. So I really felt led to have you on the podcast 
especially during this season of the podcast, where our theme is heaven bound. And the topic that I'd like to speak on is spiritual warfare, which is something that I've briefly talked about um, on the podcast in past episodes, but I really wanted to dive in deep because I remembered listening to you on another podcast, some people might know, called Crucial Conversations. And you shared some really heartfelt things there that just resonated with me. So, you know, for those listening who might not be in tune with that phrase, spiritual warfare, because we do say it a lot in Christian circles, but some people might not understand. Can you just describe in your own words to us, what does spiritual warfare even mean? For me, spiritual warfare is, you you know, people like to get all theological, want to bring out dictionary explanations and everything like that. For me, spiritual warfare is it's an everyday thing. You wake up in the morning and you decide that you're not going to be defeated. You decide that it doesn't matter what comes your way, doesn't matter what kind of battles you have to fight. Uh, You're not going to be dissuaded. You're not going to take another path. You have chosen this pathway to get to heaven. Uh, That's all that matters to you. Of course, along the way, you'll do everything that you're supposed to do. But spiritual warfare is a fight for your own soul. You're fighting for your soul. You're fighting for the souls of your family. You're fighting for the souls of your friends. Uh, Spiritual warfare is making sure that you're covered at all times, front, back, to the sides, covering your mind, your heart, your soul, your spirit. It's something that we have to do on a daily basis. Yeah, I agree. And I do think this is something that we need to be in tune with, especially here in this day and age and the way that this country is going. And I know there are people out there who live in other countries too, and it's just the state of the world in general. Um, We need to be aware um, of what spiritual warfare means and honestly, our responsibility, uh, like you said, the daily decisions that we have to make to have victory and to truly do what God wants us to do and to fight for our souls and the souls of those around us. I think it is so easy for us to just get caught up in our natural circumstances every single day. And I think that's where a lot of us kind of fall short. It's easy to be distracted. Why do you think it's so important for us as believers to be aware of spiritual warfare? Well, you know, when I was growing up, my dad started pastoring when I was 10 years old. And Back then, and and even as a missionary, because my husband and I were missionaries for 15 years in Mexico, Costa Rica, and the Dominican Republic. And when you think about spiritual warfare, you know, you're fighting for yourself and you think about spiritual activity. Back in the old days and, and, you know, even when I was growing up as a child, you would see in services maybe when something would begin to happen in church and you're like, wait, what's going on? Uh, is there is there somebody in here that's being influenced by a by a spirit or are they possessed? Because I believe that that, that is very possible. Mm-hmm. And question that we've been asking and talking amongst ourselves, because my husband and I always say it this way here in the United States, um, demons, things like that. They learn how to put on suits and ties and they just slip into service and you can't even tell that anything is happening. We have become, I think, a lot complacent, even coming into church, into our services in prayer, in our walk with God. Yes, we have a walk with God. Yes, we pray. But seeing things that are not of this world happen, it, it doesn't really it doesn't really take place like it used to be. Mm-hmm. And 
when you begin to um, really, I guess, um, dig in and ask why, uh, I don't think it's because there's been a decrease in the spiritual world. If anything, there has been such an increase in the spiritual world and in the activity. But I do believe there's been a decrease in discernment. There's been a decrease in prayer. There's been a decrease in fasting, a decrease in, in our personal walk with God. Um, they're looking for fake power. They're looking for that power that just kind of glows, lights, show, action, almost like you're in the movies. That's what they're looking for. Yeah. They're not for a real supernatural power. Uh, I also think that there's a lack of boldness in confronting sin and darkness because we've just got so used to it. Nobody wants to be bold and say sin is sin. Uh, nobody wants to see darkness and look at it and say, well, what's going on? Why is there darkness creeping everywhere? Uh, you know, we don't invite confrontations from the enemy, but it's really hard to believe that there's not spiritual activity happening, especially in the day and age that we're living in. So I think that maybe our lack of discernment, our lack of feeling, we've kind of closed ourselves off because we're just too focused on our own lives. We're focused on our own troubles. Mm -hmm. We're focused on everything that has to do with me. And a lot of times we don't understand that as we're focusing on ourselves, that there is an increased spiritual activity and and this is the way that I tell people, my husband and I were talking about it, especially this week, that their spirits, they come and they whisper into our ears. They whisper around us. They, they whisper thoughts, uh, say things, because I believe that the enemy can see our weakest point in our lives, especially when we do it. And that's the place that you're going to be attacked at over and over and over again until you go and leave it at the feet of Jesus or you succumb to it. There's no other way to explain it. Right. Right. I do agree. I think there has been a decrease in discernment and a decrease in prayer. And um, I think a lot of that has to do with the, you know, the look at me mentality that we are faced with. And a lot of that, you know, people can say what they want about social media, but it's true. Um, and as somebody who's active on social media and media for ministering for work purposes. I see it every day. And I think for some reason, we think uh, we need a, like a magic button or a magic phrase that if we can just do this, we'll be fine. And people don't realize that it really is as simple as prayer and going to the word and being discerning and doing what God wants you to do. And, and as simple as far as not that many steps, <laughs> but it does take commitment and it's yeah. hard for people to commit. The, and that's the truth. People think prayer is so hard and a hard thing to do. But, you know, you and I were talking before this podcast and I told you, and this is the way that I talk to God. Because when I pray, I talk to him and he talks back to me and I'm able to hear his voice. But because I have a life of prayer. And so I, I'm not just standing, trying to say all of these really eloquent words. When I talk to God, I'm just telling him everything that I feel, telling him what's in my heart, what's in my mind, asking him for help, crying out. Uh, you know, prayer is one of the ways we release the will of God here on earth. But we have to study the word of God in order to know the will of God. And if we don't study the word, then how will we know his will? This is why prayer and the word have to be combined 
We can look at Daniel that he was able to pray effectively because he knew the word of God concerning his people. And how many of us are able to say that we know the will of God? And because we know the will of God, we know how to pray. Yeah, definitely. I like that you did bring up Daniel because that's been the story that I've actually been sharing on the podcast because I just wrote a book called Living in the Lion's Den. And so it's been fresh in my mind just just really the love of devotion has gone away and we have to have a love of devotion. And that's that precious time with God. And that's what Daniel did is he took precious time with God every single day. And so when he was in the lion's den, he knew who his hope was and whatever the circumstances was, you know, whatever the outcome was going to be, he knew who his God was. And, you know, I did make a point, um, in my book is God shut the mouth of the lion, but he didn't open the door. Daniel still had to be in the dark. And I feel a lot of us in the church right now are in that place where we see a miracle or we have a blessing, but we don't really know the steps. And so a lot of people are seeking, we kind of talked about this before, they're seeking control of the situation. So they find themselves going down avenues they never thought they would go down. And I think we have to go back to being still. And like you said, going back to the basics and just going to prayer and going to the word to find out what the will of God is. And I think most of the time we'll find that he wants us to just trust him and to stop doing so much. Yes, we, you know, it's our tendency as humans. We want to do things ourselves. I mean, you can look at at a baby, a baby thing they want to do as soon as they can hold the spoon, they want to feed themselves. Um, because it's our, it's our nature as humans to do things ourselves. But when we come into the presence of God, we can't do our things by ourselves anymore. That's when we have to say, not my will, but your will be done in my life, God. And it's really hard to pray those kind of prayers because when we do, then we really have to move to one side and let God do what he wants to do through us. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, I was thinking, um, I have obviously my own experiences with spiritual warfare as somebody who um, who uh, came into the church at a young age, around 22 years old, already with a lot of baggage. uh, I felt a pull on my spirit from both sides. And I can testify that there are demons who do work for the enemy, who want to derail our plan and um, God's plan for us. And I have seen them with my own eyes. And this is not to scare anybody, but this is real. This is real life. Um, But there are a lot of things that I think people fantasize about, you know, when they think about spiritual warfare. I want to know what's one thing about spiritual warfare that maybe we have heard or that people talk about that, you know, is false or misguided. False or misguided spiritual warfare. Well, you know, uh, when, when I think about that, because usually the people that I hear concerning spiritual warfare, because I don't lend my ear to people who um, who are not true and, and really spiritual. I guess I should that way. Uh, the people that I surround myself in, and I was talking to somebody today, when God starts taking us to different levels, that means that we have to find people that are just a little bit higher than us so that we can continue to learn and grow in our walk with God. Mm-hmm. But but I guess when we, we talk about spiritual warfare and maybe misconcepts, um, uh, for example, maybe you're waiting for somebody who might be demonized in church and they walk in and all of a sudden everybody starts running for 
garbage cans. Uh, and they think that they have to stay there and they have to cast this demon out. And they end up being in service at that altar call for 20, 30 minutes fighting with this very low level demon that's just trying to take the attention of the church and trying um, not to allow God to do what he wants to do. I think in, in that aspect, maybe that could be an example. Um, I was in I was in a service. And when I was in the service, and this was in Colombia, uh, there was this girl who kept jumping up. And you could tell that she had some sort of influence, if not possessed by some sort of spirit. And the lady who was preaching couldn't keep preaching because this girl kept jumping up. And we're talking about a crowd of a thousand people. And so it was my friend who was preaching and she turned and she says, will you help me, Jessica? I said, help you do what? Because, you know, I'm not the one who was behind the pulpit. And she said, would you take care of that? I said, okay, fine. I walked off of the platform, walked to the girl, I said, follow me. And she looked at me. She didn't have no other choice. She had to follow me. She goes back. We go to a room and there's some people that are following me and they think that I'm going to stand there and I'm going to cast out a demon. But I could tell that that person did not want their demon to be cast out. They were just there to cause a scene. Mm -hmm. So I do you want to be free? And she shook her head. No. I said, then go sit down in the corner and wait until service is finished. You can no longer go back into service. She looked at me and got taken aback. And so did everybody else. But she went and she sat down. And the pastors that had followed me and said, well, what are you doing, Sister Jessica? I said, oh, she's just here to cause a scene. There's not no need for you to allow the enemy to take away what God wants to do for the rest of the people here. So she has to just stay in here until service is finished. And because there was a demon that was using the person and not the person, the demon had to be subject to the person who spoke to him that had the authority. And that person just sat there the rest of the service, never caused another scene. I think a lot of times when we go into services and we see people that are, I was just in another service just recently, and this person jumped up and started yelling and screaming and knocking down chairs uh, in the middle of service. And the pastor turned and told me, what do you think about that? I said, ignore it. Tell them to be quiet and sit down. And he said, what do you mean? I said, because that's not of God. If somebody is preaching the word of God, if somebody is trying to bring souls to repentance, if anything comes in trying to distract, especially like that, it's not of God. They need to sit down and be quiet. Mm -hmm. So I think that maybe that might be one thing that people People think that they just got to sit there and stay for hours and hours and hours trying to take care of something that if they just understood the authority and the power that they have within them, that every demon is subject to them. In fact, the word of God says is under their feet. And all they have to do is take authority and say, in the name of Jesus, either be free or sit down. Yeah, that's really good. I appreciate that because I do think a lot of um, us do think that way uh, because we we kind of get, I mean, we get prideful that we have the Holy Ghost. You know, we really do. And it is a very special thing. I think it's okay to honor that. And I think we have a hard time seeing uh, the difference between honoring having the Holy Ghost and being prideful that we have the Holy Ghost. And so I do uh, appreciate what you said, because there is a misconception about that. Um, and I know that's something that luckily uh, my pastor has taught against doing that um, because of his experiences, but uh, that really should also help us see 
especially what the word says. And when we think about the disciples and how they tried to do the same thing, um, but they weren't really in tune with what God wanted them to do in that moment. And, you know, I think also we, we kind of get just, we kind of get our emotions into it of like, no, no, I have to be the one to do this, you know, and, or it's, it's my responsibility to, to, to do this. And it's not saying that we can't do it, but like you said, um, I think we overthink it probably. Um, and just, you know, it's kind of, it's a rebellious spirit. They're rebellious. And so, um, either, you know, if, if they don't want to be free, there's nothing we can do that can free them. It's just going to keep on going. So I really do appreciate that. And um, this kind of leads me to the next point that I want to make, because I think this discussion of spiritual warfare is something that some people kind of like tiptoe around, especially when it comes to like demons, because I, I think in a lot of uh, spaces that I know, especially here, Western culture, um, some people don't really want to talk about uh, heaven or hell, like in uh, the extreme contrast that they are. And I, I want to know if, if you also felt that way, especially knowing the theme of this, you know, season, heaven bound, do you feel that there's this like hesitation? Have you, have you seen this hesitation among believers in just discussing heaven and hell in an honest way? Well, you know, people don't preach about it anymore like they used to. When we came into the church, I mean, people preached hell. You're going to go to hell if you did not change. Uh, fire and brimstone preaching, I guess you could call it. Um, nowadays, people like to talk about heaven, right? Because if you look, especially in, in the secular Christian media, there's movies about heaven everywhere. Everyone's talking about heaven. And uh, if, if we really paid attention, we would see that there's so many shows and movies also about demonic influence. The question that we ourselves is if we believe there's a heaven should we believe that there's a hell also because if there's a heaven there's a hell if we believe in angels do we also believe in demons because if we believe in angels then we should also believe in demons uh, how many people do you see walk into a service and they say i know that there's angels that are walking here amongst us and they're ministering i know because i do it uh, because I believe in angels. But if I believe in angels, then I should also know that as there are angels that are ministering, that there's also demonic influence because people come from all aspects of life. And when they come in, you don't know what they're carrying with them and how they need to be set free. So if we believe that there's a heaven, then we must also believe that there's a hell. Mm -hmm. and, and until we start preaching those things and we start teaching those things and talking about them, uh, there's so many people that now in this day and age, they, they don't really realize it because they think it's just something that you see in the movies. And they think that when they die, that life is just done. They don't understand that there is an eternity. And this eternity, uh, we get to choose where we're going to go to. Right. I agree. And I actually made that comment, a uh, similar comment to my husband the other day. There was a show that I don't know, it's coming out and we don't really, I mean, we're very picky what we watch, of course. Um, but you can't control the commercials and there was a trailer for something and it was just so heavy and dark. And I looked at my husband, I said, you know what? I haven't seen a new show come out that was comedy or lighthearted. All of the shows that are coming out now are drama 
and darkness, heavy, heavy stuff. And people are going through so many things in life. And then they're going to sit home at the end of the day and watch more heavy stuff. We don't realize that there is a spirit behind it. And for, for me, I know that, um, like I told you before, I do have, you know, some spiritual history in my family. And so I've been very sensitive to that part. And there were moments where before I was saved, I was, I was a writer. I was an artist. I was creating things and I was creating things, um, that were fueled by darkness. And I can see it now in my, in my past artwork. And we don't understand that it all is a door. It's all a door to be influenced by spirits. And this was something that I felt a struggle with when I first came into the church, because I said, Lord, I know I need to use my gifts for you, but I'm not sure how to do that. And there was this struggle going back and forth. And I really did feel like um, a spiritual warfare as far as like the gifts that I was given. And I do think that we have to, this is partly why I want to talk to you about this, because I think you understand and you have your own experiences, but um, there is a hell. It is real. And just because we're a good person doesn't mean we're going to make it to heaven. We know that there is a plan of salvation. And we also have to talk about what happens when people don't follow that plan of salvation. And that is going to bring conviction if we do it in the way that God wants us to do it. And I think there has to be more people willing to do it with love and boldness and do it, obviously, according to the word um, to where it can bring about the repentance that God truly wants. Um, Because all that shame and all that guilt that that's going to come. But if there was also, you know, the power of God behind it, then that person will be able to also see that there's a way out, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. And, and, you know, you just said that and it brought to mind something that my pastor said last night, because I do have a pastor. I believe that you should have a pastor in your life. Doesn't matter if you're a minister, pastor yourself. But last night, pastor, he's teaching about spiritual warfare. He's in 201. And he said that when shame comes in, uh, many times the devil tries to act like our conscience. Mm. And so when the devil tries to act like our conscience, what he's doing is whispering um, all of these shameful things that we have done back to us so that we won't ever feel like we can make it. And, and that really got me to thinking, because how many times do we allow shame to come into our lives? And we feel that there's no hope for us. And because we feel that, we feel like we're cut off from God. We're cut off from actually having a spot in heaven. So instead of even fighting for it, we just kind of give up. Mm-hmm. But the enemy, you know, he he's such a great imitator. He tries to imitate things so that... Uh, can get us sidetracked. Uh, I was I was listening to what you were saying right now, especially when it comes to our salvation. It, it's really hard for people to sit down and talk about the plan of salvation 
to, to others because they think, well, I feel like I'm just pushing what I believe on them. No, you're not. You are actually preparing and paving the way for their souls to be saved for eternity. And if you get that opportunity to make sure that your friends, your family, those that you care and love about, if, if you give those people a chance to be able to make it to heaven, then when it's our turn to be called home, you're not going to have all of these regrets of all the things that you never did or the people that you never talked to concerning God. It, to me, talking about God is like breathing, sitting down and talking to somebody that I know ha has not been baptized in the name of Jesus and has not received the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know, I'm not a condemning person. The first thing I always say is I'm not nobody's judge because Lord have mercy if somebody had to judge me. Mm. I, my judge, I will meet him one day. And I pray that when I get there, that I've done everything that I possibly could, that he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant, and not depart from me, you worker of iniquity. That's what I strive for. But when I sit down with somebody and I know that they have not been saved, the first thing that I ask them is, how are things going in life for you? Of course, right now, especially in the time that we're living in, everyone's gone through so much. And then I say, I have something I can offer to you. I can't change your life, but I know someone who can. And if you want for your life to change, we can go through a Bible study. If you just want for me to talk to you, I could talk to you. And, and that's just kind of the way that I go about it. And then I'll tell them, have you ever felt joy in your heart? Have you ever just felt so happy about something? that it just brings this megawatt smile to your face. You can't just contain yourself because you're just so happy. And nine times out of 10, somebody has felt that kind of feeling. And then I'll say, if you felt that kind of feeling, times it, times a million, and that's how you'll feel when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Right. Once he fills you and your heart, because we all have an emptiness, but once he fills you, there's going to be a joy like you've never felt. And then when it comes to baptism, I always tell them, you know, if, and if anybody's listening to this podcast and never see the Holy Ghost or been baptized, this is for you too. If you've ever sinned before, if you've ever done something that you really wish you would never have done, because we all have these things that we wish we never would have done. When you're baptized in the name of Jesus, the word of God says that all of your sins are kept in the depths of the sea. And in Spanish, we say it this way, borrón y cuenta nueva, which means like if you have this, um, this big board, like this school board where your teacher is writing with the chalk and she's written it all up and then you have to go and erase everything and wash it off and you have a clean slate. You get to start all over again because everything that you did in the past is now washed under the blood and you get to have a new lease on life. And when you talk to people like that and you give them these opportunities to know that they can get to heaven, I always break it down as easy as I can because it's not hard. It's so easy just to walk into the loving embrace of our Savior. Right. Yeah, that's so encouraging. 
And I love that you said, you know, breaking it down um, to simplify it because we do have to do that. It's easy for us to get into our church culture language and to use words that um, people outside the church have never heard before. Uh, But, you know, just really getting down to their level and just being honest and truthful with them. Um, Because I think when people see, most people, when they see that you're trying to be genuine and vulnerable, they're going to receive whatever it is that you're speaking, or at least they're going to listen. People, people are sick of folks who aren't authentic and transparent, especially within the church. Within the church, we should be a place of healing and love and salvation, leading people to Christ. Ultimately, that's our end goal. Right. How can we speak about these hard things without fear of offense? How can we, how can we in our own minds uh, stop being scared of offending other people? Well, you know, God uses ordinary people to accomplish his purposes, JC. Our ability comes through the grace of God. We all can sit in heavenly places if we want to. Our position in the kingdom is high above every principality and power. And I'm saying all this because we must see ourselves as we are in the kingdom of God. We have to remember what the word of God says, that we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. And and in stating that, we have to know it's very important for us to know our authority. And, And knowing our authority, not only do we share, but we also engage. On Sunday, I was preaching in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I was telling the church, how can I expect for somebody to do something if I never show them how? How can I tell them you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, but I never even explained what it is? How can I tell somebody that God is a forgiving God? And if you repent, he'll forgive you of all of your sins, but no one ever showed them how to repent. Uh, all of that's on us as believers. We can't be afraid of what is our God-given right. I'm pretty sure, like, for example, if I was in my home and my home was on fire and I knew one of my kids was in here, I was, you know, I'm not going to even think about it twice. I'm going to do my best to run in and grab my kid and run right back out. Mm-hmm. Hell is a lake full of fire. That's what the word of God says. And that's not burning just for a moment. It's eternity. And if I know that I can save somebody by telling them that there is a God that loves them, why am I going to stay quiet? Uh, you know, there's some folks that are, and for lack of a better way to say it, they're these Bible companies standing on the side of the road yelling, you're going to hell. Um, I think that there's probably a better way to do that. Uh, Lord bless him for trying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that if if we just sit down and have open, candid conversations, because I mean, what's the easiest way to start a conversation with somebody who doesn't go to church than to say, hey, have you ever watched that show Supernatural? And my Lord, I think that most everybody has. And you asked him, do you think that that's really real? Or do you think that that's just like fake stuff from Hollywood? And then hear what they have to say. There's so many different ways that you can sit down and talk to people because of what our culture has brought into our homes mm-hmm. and what we turned on and allowed. You said something about 
opening a doorway, yes. But the thing that we don't realize is that when we allow those things into our home, we just didn't open up a doorway. We opened up our entire home for whatever spirits are being watched, whatever we're listening to. We just gave them access to everything that we are in our private quarters, in our rooms. We just gave access to the enemy to move how he wants. And so when we talk to people, if you just talk to them like a real person, uh, my Lord, yes, we're, we might be preachers, we might be ministers, we might be leaders, but we are real people. And if we just sat down and had have those candid conversations, I believe that it would open up it would open up so much that we wouldn't even know what to do, I think. I think that's why my husband and I love Bible studies. We love to go do home Bible studies because when we go into the home of somebody, we're just sitting there drinking coffee and we're just talking about God. Yeah, I think we have to get back, like like you said, to those conversations, not being afraid to just talk to people. And it doesn't really have to be awkward. Like you said, you kind of find uh, a starting point and then go from there. And I do love that. And it's, it's one of the things that I, I do agree with um, as far as when it comes to witnessing to people and to talk to people is asking questions. My bishop has always said that like when we ask questions and then they ask us questions, we can tell a lot about where their heart is by the way they ask the question. And so yeah. it's, it's just having that back and forth, that conversation when you get that started, God's going to really show you a little bit more of, of where that person is in their heart. Well, if you, if you ask the right question, yeah, you'll get the answer that you're looking for. Uh, a lot of times people just like to talk and talk and talk and not ask questions. Hmm. But if you have a question and you sit and you listen and you let them talk, you'll find what you need. Right. What do you think we can do to really prepare ourselves spiritually during this just really crazy, difficult time, specifically here in America? Well, you know, I, I've mentioned power and authority. And I think that if we would just get this revelation that every one of us that's a believer, if we would just understand what power and authority is, it would just help us so much. We know power comes from God, but authority is a legal right to use the power that we have from him. And we've been given that authority by God and it's supplied by his spirit. But if we don't use them, then how can we ever our world? Uh, you might say, but Sister Jessica, how, how do you use that? We use it by faith, not by our own feelings, but by our faith in God. It's based on his word. And faith comes by hearing the word of God. And it's important for us to be connected to our local churches, to be connected to people who will help and lead us and teach us uh, to be greater than who we are right now in the, the kingdom of God. I believe that when we begin to talk about things, like just a moment ago, we were saying it's, it's just so simple to have a candid conversation, but when we start talking to someone that can lead and guide us to be able to have the revelation that we need. Uh, a lot of times we don't understand that we have the legal right to use the name of Jesus. So we don't use the name of Jesus like we should. Uh, the word of God says that his name is above every name. 
and that authority in the name of Jesus is recognizing the spirit realm. In fact, the word tells us that we have the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and that we can even cast out spirits in the name of Jesus, that we can bind the works of darkness in his name, that we should teach and preach in his name, that we receive power through the Holy Ghost. And a lot of times we hear all of these things, but we don't really think that it's our right as just a, a common everyday Christian to be able to engage, to be able to use the tools that we have received from God. We read the word, but it's just like we're reading it because we have to. It, it's not being really dug into our hearts where we can just say, you know what, can I really do this? I, I, it brings to mind when I was in Mexico a few years ago, we were going through a really, it was a very spiritual attack. Um, I was going, they called it a tour because I was in Coatzacoalcos, Veracruz, Mexico, then to Villahermosa, Tabasco, and then we went down to Chiapas. So we started off in Coatza, and I preached, and as I was coming out, all of a sudden I felt this attack that was so strong it made me physically ill. And we had to drive five hours down to Villahermosa. And when we were driving down, I sent a note back to the States to my friends. And I said, would y'all please cover me in prayer? I know that I'm fixing to go into this, um, this really heavy service. I can feel it from even now. We get there. When we get there, they told me, Sister Marquez, we couldn't have the service inside the building because too many people showed up. We have to take it out to the soccer field. I said, okay, I'm cool with whatever you'll need to do. You know, just make sure we got mics and stuff and we'll go into service. Service started and you could just feel this attack in the spirit. So I went and I knelt down. There was no floor or anything. It was just rocks. So I was kneeling in the rocks and I was praying. And I was praying. The Lord told me, go and stand in every corner of the soccer field and take authority in my name. And tell the prince of this region that they no longer have access. Like, well, you know, I'm not feeling very well, God. And God said, go do it. So I went. As I was preaching, right in the middle of preaching, all the lights turned off. Everything went dead. We have over 500 people. I just walk into the congregation and keep preaching. Everything turned back on. And of course, there was a, a demonic influence there. And, and I didn't even remember it. One of my friends reminded me as I was doing a podcast very similar to this in Paraguay just three weeks ago. And she said, says, Jess, you remember what happened in Villahermosa? And I said, no. Remind me. And so she starts telling me this whole story. I'm like, oh, yes, I, I, I remember now. She said, do you remember that really big man that came up to the altar? And you could tell that he was uh, under demonic influence. I said, kind of. She said, well, he was up there. I'll never forget. There was six or seven men that were trying to hold him down because he was causing such a big scene. And he just swung them and they went flying through the air. I said, really? She says, yeah. I said, okay, and, and what happened? She said, you went up and you stood in front of that man and you said it in English. She told me, I'll never forget it in my life. You walked and you stood in front of him and you said, you're not welcome here, leave. I said, well, what happened? Because I couldn't really remember. I've been to so many places. She said, that man felt like a feather on the ground and the Lord filled them with the Holy Ghost. I'm like, wow. That's awesome. I remember, I kind of remember now. 
I said, what I really remember is what happened afterwards. I had taken a young lady with me down to Mexico and she was 18 years old. She looked at me and she said, Marcus, what's happening? I said, God's moving. She said, they brought this little girl over here that needs to be healed. They said, what does she need? She said, she's deaf. She can't hear. Pray for her. And I looked at the girl and I said, why are you asking me to pray for her? You have the power to pray for her yourself. She looked at me. She said, but I'm only 18. <laughs> I remember that. And she said, I can't do that. And I told her, yes, you can. What I want you to do is put one finger in each of her ears, one of your fingers. And I want for you to say, be healed in the name of Jesus and remove your fingers. She looked at me and she said, are you for real, Marquez? I said, I'm as for real as anything. Do it now. And so the young girl did what I said. And when she did that, pulled her fingers out of the girl's ears, the little girl started screaming. And we asked, what's the matter with her? And the mother said, she can hear. Now, I didn't pray for the little girl. The 18-year-old girl did. Up until that moment, she didn't realize that she had the power to do the same thing. But the word of God does say, these things and even greater works than these shall you do. And I believe that every believer, if we could really engage ourselves, because spiritual warfare is not just fighting against the devil. It's not just fighting against ourselves. Spiritual warfare is understanding that in the kingdom of God, we have power. And when we begin to use the name of Jesus and everything that we do, things begin to change because maybe we might not understand the power that there is in the name of Jesus, but the spiritual realm certainly does. Right. Wow, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing those stories, because I think that's going to help people understand just the different circumstances that, you know, can just come up and, and whether it's big or small, it really doesn't matter. His authority never changes. And um, I would love it if you would just take a minute to talk to somebody listening right now who maybe is nervous to share the truth about heaven to others. How can they confidently witness without fear? If you could just share a word of encouragement, just help them in this, I guess, this in-between place that they might be feeling that they're in. You know, a lot of times we, when we feel like we're in an in-between place, we feel that way because we're not so sure of our position in God's kingdom. We look at different people that we admire. We look at their ministries. We wish that we could be like them without fully understanding that Jesus took simple men and he allowed simple common women to follow him. And he used them to do amazing things to turn their world upside down and not just their world, but up until this day. We're still reading about a fisherman turned preacherman who preached the greatest message of all times that 3,000 people were converted in a second. A lot of times we read stories and we think they're almost like fairy tales, not understanding that it's a guide, that if 
we could follow and have that kind of faith. If we could set our own selves aside, because more times than none, what stops us is our own self. Uh, you used the word pride a little while ago, our pride in having the Holy Ghost. Um, I think a lot of times, and, and I've said this before, God has a way of humbling us. And if, if we don't go to him in humble prayer or saying, God, here I am. If, if we don't have that humility, if we don't demonstrate humility, God brings humiliation. And uh, he'll allow humiliation to come into our lives. But when we have a right heart and a right spirit and a servant's heart, and we're having difficulty maybe evangelizing or talking to somebody about God, isn't those moments that we need to sit down and ask ourselves, why am I having such a hard time? Is it me? Am I allowing me to get in the way? Do I need to set myself to one side and say, God, you know my heart. So when I go and I sit and I talk to somebody and I do this before I preach, anywhere I go, I kneel down and I say, God, I am totally broken, a broken vessel. There's nothing inside of me that I want to keep. Would you just take control and use me as you see fit? And when we pray those kind of prayers, when we ask God to use us, I promise you he will. And if you're having a hard time talking to somebody about God, ask yourself why you're having such a hard time. Sometimes it's really hard to ask ourselves questions because we don't like the answers. So it's easier for us not to ask them. Mm -hmm. But the that is stopping us from truly becoming who we're supposed to be in our walk with God, why? Are you embarrassed? Are you having a hard time in your own walk with God? Do you need to take a minute and go and pray and ask the Lord, search my heart, search my mind. I pray this prayer also, God, if there's anything within my heart that doesn't belong to you, pull it out from the very root because I don't want anything inside of me that's not of God. And so I do a lot of self-examination because I want that when the Lord provides an opportunity, for me to be used by him, I want to be ready. And the only way I can be ready is by making sure that my heart, my mind, my soul, my spirit are prepared. Is that hard? Yes, it is. It's not easy. Some days I wake up, I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to go out on the street and tell somebody about God. But it's usually in those times when I least want to do it that God brings somebody right up that needs to hear about him. And that's when I have to make the decision. Am I going to let God use me? And am I going to set aside what I'm feeling? Or am I just going to walk away? Heaven or hell issues. Am I going to let the soul slip away just because my flesh is putting itself first? Right. That was so good. And it's so true. Yeah. I just really appreciate that so much. Thank you for sharing that word. That definitely spoke to me. Because I think a lot of the times, like you said before, it's so easy to start our day and think about what we have to do and our focus and our family and all those things, you know, are, are important, obviously, but we really, we just have this limited scope. And uh, we, I think sometimes most of us start every day with a limited scope with a 
short list <laughs> of, uh, of, of just the, the people we need to speak to, but God probably has a little bit of a longer list for us of the people that he'd like us to speak to. Um, I would love it if you could tell us in your own words, what does heaven bound mean to you? Heaven bound. When I say heaven bound, well, first of all, it brings a smile to my face because that's where I want to go. I want to be heaven bound. Um, when I start thinking about heaven, you know, a lot of times here on earth, there's so many things that we have to confront every day. We have to fight through our own flesh. Some have to fight through temptation. You have to fight through so much. And a lot of times you just want to give up and you ask, is it really worth it? At the end of the day, it's always worth it because I want to go to heaven. And in order for me to go to heaven, that means that I have to take a look at my life, my walk with him. And I have to stay as close to God as I possibly can even when I don't want to, even when it becomes too hard, even when I'm sick and my body's failing me, even when friendships, family, maybe things aren't going the way that I wanted for them to go and I just want to walk away. I always stop and say, wait, I want to get to heaven. So if I want to get to heaven, that means I have to always keep my heart right I always have to keep my spirit right. In fact, Psalm 51 is a, is a song that I read also on almost a daily basis. But throughout the day, I'll say this. If something happens, Lord created me a clean heart and a right spirit. And then it says, take not thy Holy Spirit away from me. That's what the word says. And it's become almost a mantra in my life because I want to make sure that I always have a clean heart and a right spirit because I want to get to heaven. And I don't want to get to heaven just by myself. Some people are happy to, to get to heaven. And in Spanish, we would say, de un panzazo, just kind of sliding in on your belly. I don't want to get to heaven like that. I want to get to heaven walking with my head high, my shoulders straight back, and looking around and knowing that I did my absolute best to make sure that every one of my family members, my friends, everyone that I love and care for got to heaven with me. So when I talk about heaven bound and when I hear the word, it's not just about me getting to heaven. It's about making sure I take as many people as I can with me before the Lord calls me home. I mean, that just makes me really happy. <laughs> and I think this is something that, you know, I hope people listening feel as well because this is why I feel God wanted this theme to happen during this time is because we need good news and heaven is good news and we heaven can't forget to talk about it heaven is the best people always focus on on the hell is go I don't want to burn in hell for the rest of my life no you know what I want to walk on those streets of gold yeah. I want to see because in Spanish we even have songs about heaven we sing about heaven and those are my favorite songs to sing because I want to know that there is a mansion that's being prepared for me. That everything that I do here on earth, 
I don't just do it just to waste my time or because I think it's right. I'm doing it because there is a place prepared for me and for all of those that I love. Yes. Amen. Oh my goodness. Well, I would love it if you could just, I mean, you shared so much already, but I would, I had this question before and I'd like to ask what has the Lord been personally teaching you in this season of your life right now? I'm smiling over here. I wish you could see my like smile because, <laughs> oh God, what are you trying to teach me? What didn't I learn the first time? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I feel that this is what God is trying to teach me because I'm walking in a whole different level than I have ever walked in before. And sometimes it's kind of it's kind of crazy, kind of freaky and scary, because the more that you delve into the spirit and the more that you walk in the spirit and the more that you start moving in the prophetic and, and you start asking the Lord to use you to help people. You start seeing and hearing things that, that God wants you to see and hear. And sometimes you get taken aback. I, I think that during this time, in fact, I just said this today. I was preaching this message because I love to write. In fact, I'm sitting in my library filled with bookcases of books because I love to study. And I had written this message that I thought was a wonderful message. I knew it was. It was one of those messages that you could have folks hanging from the chandeliers and running the aisles and screaming, and I'm like, yes, I got it. So I went in fully prepared to go and preach this powerful message that I had written. And I get maybe like 15 minutes in and the Lord said, stop preaching. I'm like, what? Wait, this is a great message. What, what do you mean stop preaching? And the Lord said, stop preaching I want to move amongst my people so I have a split second to make a decision am I going to keep preaching my wonderful message that's filled with oratorical cadence or am I going to let God do what he wants to do well I already learned that if I do what I want to do it's going to flop so I left my path and I said today I stepped out of my notes and I stepped into the spirit and God did what he wanted to do so I think that now more than ever, what God is trying to teach me for me to learn is that he's going to do as he pleases, when he pleases, and how he pleases to do it. And I can be a part of it if I want to, or he'll just find somebody else. That's my choice. And I then decided I'd like to be a part of it. So I'm trying my very best to remove the parts of me that I know will hold me back from doing what God wants to do through me, in me, and for me. And that's kind of a almost like an uneasy place to be at because you're looking around saying, but, but I want to depend on my own self, going back to that. Sure. But I this, and I know if I say that, I mean, I can get this place hopping or, or I can touch this person's heart or I can, I, 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 I had to learn how to remove the I from my ministry and the equation and let it be all about him. Mm. Well, I, <laughs> no, I say, um, I definitely understand that 100% because I have been in that situation every time I go to 
uh, write a book because I tell people all the time that the reason why I felt led to write this is because there's a lesson that I'm learning and nobody gets to be in a, in a place where God is using them that didn't learn a lesson or that is not in the middle of a lesson and anything that, you know, if you're out there, if you've heard sister Jess preach, um, or if you, you know, listen to a podcast episode, if you read, you know, one of my books or anything that you see women and men of God doing, um, who have just this call in their life, they have gone through some lessons and they're always in the middle of one. Oh yes. And if you have to redo a lesson, that's when you sit down and say, Oh, what did not learn the first time from this God? Mm-hmm. What, what why, why do I have to go through this again? And so I've, I've learned to discern those moments when there was something that maybe I missed the first time. I remember one of my mentors would tell me over and over and over again, every time I went through a very difficult situation, oh, Jessica said, God, he has you in the fire because when you come out, you're going to come out as pure as gold. And she told me that like five, six, seven times. Finally, I told her, you know what? I don't think there's any gold inside of me because my Lord, I've been in this fire for way too long already. And she looked at me and she started laughing. And I said, that wasn't to laugh about. She said, only you would turn around and say, I don't think there's no gold inside of me because I've been in the fire for too many years. And I told her, well, how long do you really have got to be in the fire? for gold to come out because truly where's the gold but (laughs) i learned yes yes and i think a lot of the times we probably won't get to see that gold because maybe that's something that's going to be birthed in somebody else through our ministry and i'm i'm really i'm just so thankful for you and i i love your spirit and i mean obviously like i said before i could just talk to you all day long um but I, I really want to just, before we go, I, I would like to just give you another chance to just share um, anything that you feel that the Lord wants you to share with us right now, whether it be on spiritual warfare, on, you know, how to prepare for, you know, just fighting the good fight uh, in the middle of this crazy, you know, world that we're living in right now, um, heaven, hell, anything that you feel that God wants to uh just share with us through you right now. Hey, thanks, JC. Well, first of all, I want to say again, I think that you're absolutely phenomenal and amazing for doing this podcast that's reaching out into so many different countries because you are letting people not just hear, but have the opportunity for their lives to be changed. And the fact that you're an author, the book that you're written, I think that's phenomenal. Adding in that you're a mother and a wife and everything else that you do. So uh, congratulations for your hard work. If if not so many people tell you all the time, you might hear it all the time, but I want to say that I'm proud of you because not very many young women do what you do. So thank you for that. And for the rest of the people that might be listening to this podcast you know, we just got to be aware that we're living in these, and I used to like the word unprecedented, but I hate it now. Yeah. But for lack of word, we are living in unprecedented times. And in stating that, 
there's darkness that's all around us. And if we allow the darkness to consume us, it will. But where there's darkness, there's always light. And that's what we have to look for. We have to look for the light because when we find that light, we become light in the midst of a dark world. And the only way that we can find the light is by staying close to Jesus because he is the light of salvation. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So in order for us to truly shine in this dark world right now, we got to stay close to him. It's so easy for us to succumb to all of the negativity, the darkness that surrounds us with the sickness, the wars that we hear about. If you open Twitter, if you read Facebook news, if you if you're still old-fashioned and watch news on the TV, whatever way you do it, it's so easy for you to become depressed. And when you become depressed, then oppression sets in. And when we're oppressed, that means that we can't really do anything because oppression just makes us sink down almost like into quicksand. And we feel like no one can pull us out. But if we could just kind of offset all of that, if you're going to do something that lets darkness into your life by watching something you're not supposed to watch, listening to something you're not supposed to listen to, go and find the word of God and spend time in that sometimes and let it cover your mind and your heart. Because when you find the word, it leads you into prayer and that leads you into the presence of God. And where the presence of God is, there's liberty. And as you're praying, Angels just can't help themselves. They just start surrounding you because they want to be able to be where the presence of God is at. Well, thank you so much. That was so encouraging. And I'm really just grateful for your words of wisdom, just your example, and for taking the time to speak with us today. I know that there are people out there who are listening who really needed this word. And there have been a few who have specifically opened conversations with me And I know that this is exactly what they needed to hear. And I would love it if you could just share with everyone where they could find you on social media and where um, they could find your church. Sure. You could find me on social media, Facebook. I'm Jessica M. Marquez. On Twitter, I'm, I'm Jessica M. Marquez. It's just on Instagram. You can find me at Jess Marquez. Uh, we also have our Women Ministry to Women group page where we have um, thousands of women that gather together every day. Right now, we're in 30 days of prayer and fasting leading up to our conference in October. My church it is the Church Triumphant in Pasadena, Texas, and that's where we go to church at. Uh, right now, I have a full schedule as an evangelist. I am traveling every weekend. Um, but you can find me most Wednesdays at the church. Well, thank you again, Sister Jess, for taking time to be with me today. Of course. Thank you, JC. I appreciate it. Thanks for the invitation. Anything I can ever do for you, you just let me know, and I'm your person. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at HelloAwesomeLive, I would be so encouraged. Also, please leave a five-star review in iTunes or Apple Podcasts sharing how God used this to bless you. Don't forget to subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. 
To learn more about Hello Awesome and shop inspirational products, head to HelloAwesome.live using the promo code HELLO10 for 10% off your next purchase. Until next time, keep your chin up beautiful.